Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Let's welcome Mufti Suleiman. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Mufti Suleiman. Wa alaikum wa salam. How is everything? <coughs> Alhamdulillah. How's everything in Pakistan? <coughs> okay. Well, it's starting to change a little bit. Mm. Getting a little cooler in the morning now. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Mufti Saab, <coughs> we've just, um, maybe you can just give us an update of what's happening currently from your side. Maybe you have some news for us with regards to Gaza and our surroundings. Uh, well, not much. Um, from what I see and what I hear, um, there is a little more momentum uh, within Pakistan to try to do something about um, uh, about Gaza, uh, lifting their voices. Um, some <laughs> disturbing news um, that uh, some doctors want to go. They volunteer to go help in, uh, in Gaza because there's so many uh, pregnant women and, uh, and, and other people in hospitals uh, and they don't have, you know, enough staff to help. Um, what was disturbing about it is that uh, you know, a lot of women doctors that want to go, and uh, you know we have issues of prayer and and what have you. Yes, the uh, mahram as and, well. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, so uh, we should be a little bit more concerned about uh, uh, making dua and and turning back to Allah mm. than doing things that are outside of the Sharia, which may cause more problems. Uh, I, I remember when um, the Afghan war started um, and um, America was bombing uh, bombing Afghanistan uh, during the Osama bin Laden time. And um, some people from SWAT, they they went uh, uh, so about, I don't know, 10,000 or something like this. Uh, and uh, Mullah Umar told them, Rahmatullahi, told them to go back. Don't, mm. don't, don't come now. Uh, you, you're only giving us a problem. Mm. All right. You don't know the terrain. You don't know what to do. Uh, you don't have experience in fighting. Uh, when we need you, we will call you. Mm. All right. And uh, I see there's a little bit of that excitement here building up. Uh, people want to do something, but right now the only thing we can really do is make dua. Uh, turn back to Allah, reduce our sins, and um, if we have money or anything else that we can give, we can give. And there are some organizations that are able to try to get the uh, the, the money and the clothing and the, the other help uh, to the people of Gaza. Uh, <clears throat> yes, I just heard, uh, I was reading this morning too, that this Ariel Bernstein, he was a former apartheid Israeli soldier. And because you said now about this, you, now is the time that we need Allah's assistance. And for Allah's assistance to come, we need to uh, get and search for the ways which is going to draw his pleasure. So when we do this, then we get the unseen help of Allah. And this is what the kuffar, this is what the enemies are so afraid of. So this Ariel Bernstein, he says that um, when he was fighting, he recalled the tunnels 
and when he went into, he described the urban combat in northern Gaza. And he said it was a mix of ambushes, traps, hideouts, snipers. And he said it was like, I was fighting ghosts, he says. You don't see the people, you just... And as you mentioned about Afghanistan, the Taliban, and Mullah Umar, which I think was a superb leader. And I don't know if we'll get a leader like that now um, before Imam Mahdi comes. Inshallah we do, but we don't know. So strict on the Sharia. And he even once called out to say that the televisions, all of this must must be demolished. And this is the way we acquire the assistance of Allah. I saw uh, Mufti Sab that you posted a interesting post. It was, I think, yesterday or this morning about um, Bin Laden. To I think it was one to the U.S. president. Uh, can Mufti Sab tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, which one was this now? About Bin Laden. Which speech? Uh, let me just. I'll just get it quickly. I saw you did post it somewhere. In one of the groups. Uh, it's. Is this post? I saw it on your status too. Bin Laden's post um, on I think Bin Laden. Bin Laden, yeah, Osama Bin Laden. Oh, Bin Laden! Ah, oh, Osama Bin Laden. Yes. Okay, I I haven't read it yet. I haven't read all of it yet. This was the letter that um, Osama wrote to President um, uh, the president at the time in America. Uh, I think it was about 2000, 2002. It was after 9-11, uh, 2002. Uh, he wrote a, a long letter to uh, to the President of the United States explaining why um, they were bombing, uh, well, uh, Al-Qaeda was fighting against America and the West. Mm. Okay. Um, and uh, basically it was because of the Jews. Okay. Uh, so it's connected to what's going on now. And so I I saw it on a um, on a chat. So I just went to uh, get the source. It was published in the newspaper. Originally, it was written in Arabic, and uh, someone translated it. Some Muslim translated it into English. Uh, so I, I will read it today, and uh, maybe we can talk about it more tomorrow. Uh, but uh, because of the history of it and the relevance of what it is going on now. Uh, I sent it out to so other people so we can all, uh, you know, share it together, inshallah. But it was basically uh, what what Usama said back 20 years ago, uh, that the reason why is, uh, we're attacking you is because you've attacked us, mm. okay? And you, <laughs> uh, like one king said, one king of Saudi, he had said, when Hitler killed 6 million Jews in Germany, why didn't you give the Jews a part of Germany? Why didn't you give, try to give them Palestine? Okay, that's not right. We had nothing to do with this. Mm. Okay, you give the best land of the Muslims to the people who got treated badly. Well, mm. give them the land of the people mm. uh, that, that treated them badly, uh, mm. like Germany. Uh, yeah. But there was a big problem with the Jews in all of Europe. Uh, everybody in Europe didn't want the Jews. All right. So what did they do? They sent them to us. <laughs> and so um, Osama was pointing out some of these things in this very long letter. Um, yeah, I just I saw. I just one of the points that he he addresses and he says, um, "We also advise you 
to stop the president. You must stop supporting Israel and to end your support for the Indians in Kashmir, the Russians against the Chechens, as well as to also cease supporting um, the, the government against the Muslims in southern Philippines. All of this was addressed also in this. So it and I see the he starts over the verses of the Quran Sharif, which is promoting and um, it's encouraging us to go fight in the path of Allah. And this is what I wanted to speak on today as well. This morning also I was listening to the Imam of Baytul Maqdis. It was just a few days ago he gave a talk. Uh, such an inspiring talk, encouraging everyone to go fight in the path of Allah. And he's addressing America. He says, let America come. Let them come with all their weapons and whatever. We are not scared to die and we will sit still and trying to protect our land. And you can do whatever you want for us because this is what we live for. We love to die. And I saw you posted a nice post also that what do you do with a nation who is looking forward to looking forward to dying? You can't beat a nation that knows death is not the end. So that's exactly it. Where the Jews, someone sent another post saying that this Jew, the soldier from the IDF, they're saying to him that, come, you must go fight. He says, no, I don't want to fight because I'm, they, got, they, got, they, just, they got weapons. So the, the chief soldier, he says, but, their weapons are stones. So he says, but their stones turn into bombs. And he, he's like stuck to the, he's clinging to the ground. He said, I don't want to fight. So this is the Jews, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says so clearly in Surah Al-Jumma, they are afraid to die. Now, coming to us as believers, I think because our iman is so weak, that we are also scared to die for because we are so attached to the world. What's going to happen to my car? What's going to happen to my house? All of this. Mufti Sahib, your advice. Yeah, um, what the Prophet also admitted is that uh, dunya the love of the dunya and the hatred of death is, um, is what's holding us back. Um, we're the, the rank and file, the, the majority of us, um, we are poor, but we're not that poor. Okay, uh, we all have shoes. We're sending our children to, uh, you know, English medium schools, and and uh, we have a car. Maybe it's not brand new, but we have cars and things like this, uh, air condition, and all these things. Uh, so when you have these things, it's difficult to fight. Mm. Uh, uh, yes. Whether it's a revolution or a jihad. The, the people who are barefoot, mm. okay, and and have and go days without eating, those people can fight. Mm. All right, we don't have enough of them. Okay, Islam came to where it came to the poor people first. All right, uh, the, well, I should say the poor people accepted it first. The rich people who they feel they have everything, um, uh, they they didn't feel they needed Islam. Uh, so the Muslims, the middle class Muslims, that's the largest group. And uh, you know they they love they love living they love they love the Western lifestyle and trying to get more of a Western lifestyle. Uh, so here's a big problem for us. Mm. You know, um, we're not hungry. We're not hungry for the jihad. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I read those things. Um, it, it, 
Allah is showing us that he is sending his Nusrat, okay? Um, if you remember, you know, you're probably too, too young to remember the first uh, Infahada uh, in Palestine. And I was in America, and I think it was in the 70s. And we, we would see uh, pictures of young Palestinians, young Muslims, maybe even in jeans and what have you, maybe not full beard or anything, but standing in front of an uh, Israeli tank with a rock mm. and, and just throwing a rock and saying, Allahu Akbar. And mm. sometimes these, these tanks would explode. Mm. Okay? So mm. what happened was that the Israeli government came with tractors and took away the rocks. <laughs> okay? Yeah, that, that's how afraid they are. Mm. They want to fight you with their rules where you have one hand tied behind your back. And if you're winning the match with the one hand, they'll tie the other hand behind your back. Mm. Right? This is how they, Allah says that they're afraid of us. Okay. But, um, we, we don't, <laughs> we don't realize it. it. It's a shame. But those people in the people that are in Gaza right now, uh, it is quite possible. Allah will give them a Mullah Umar. All right, for at this time to help lead them, you know, out of this, um, out of this struggle. Uh, Mullah Umar was needed in Afghanistan. Uh, he was, he was um, a unique person, one of a kind. Okay, uh, and and this is why they are having so much trouble now. You know, Taliban, okay, running the country because they don't have anyone like him who's still alive. Hmm. Strictly 100% on the dean. Um, one thing I respected about um, uh, Osama is another one. He was I, I saw people when I came here who had uh, fought with him and met with him, and he said this man only talks dean. <laughs> okay, he doesn't talk anything else but dean. When he talks, he talks Quran. He talks hadith. But that's it. Um, but so how many of us are doing that here in Karachi? Hmm. Okay, and where you are, okay, very few. But if you're in Gaza right now, there are some people that's the only thing they can talk about. Hmm. Hmm? And so, um, yeah, probably, uh, you know, Allah will bring someone from who's in Gaza right now and will lead them like Mullah Umar led. Um, uh, led the Afghans like, you know, the Sahaba led and sure. what have you. But yeah, the, the, the spirit is is becoming more and more. Uh, I, I like that post also that you said um, people who are not afraid of death because um, that's like the words of Khalid bin Walid uh, who said that um, uh, when he was meeting the enemy and he said, I have people behind me who love death the same way you love wine. Mm. Okay, so what do you do with a person like that? <laughs> what do you do to a person who's not afraid of death? Exactly. Right? And now in Gaza, they have people like that. Mm. So Allah will give them a leader because you get a leader according to your deeds, right? And so if there's enough people there that, uh, that have that love for jihad and the love for death, martyrdom, uh, the one doctor in one post um, was was talking, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, 
You know, that all of his family had been shaheed, and each one of them will give shafarish, will give an intercession for 10 more people in his family. So he was so happy that they had died. Mm. Uh, we get posts of people are, are buying sweets and distributing sweets because their family has been shaheed <laughs> um, from Gaza. So it's, there's been some change, all right? And Allah has allowed the information to reach us mm. and lift us up a little bit more so we can be a little more fervent in our du'as. But I, I still would like to see um, more people coming back to the masjid. Mm. Um, right, right now, we are, we are talking that, um, you know, our, our du'as are important. And du'as accepted after the Fard Namaz. Yes. And we're, we're not, the, the, the masjid is not full. Mm. And, um, um, Imam Shafi, Imam Shafi, okay, Rahmatullah, uh, he said, if you haven't made dua at Tahajjud, then you cannot say that you've done everything. Hmm. Okay? Yes. So how, how many of us are getting up for Tahajjud? Hmm. And here's a problem. True. Here's a problem. And I, last, last week you were saying about Pakistan and how they are so um, attached to cricket and currently was the cricket. And then, to my surprise, on Saturday, I just saw, I because we we see the ulama statuses and they are just totally confrontic about the fact that the ummah in South Africa is so worried about rugby. And, <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's just like, we speak of they they are those who go to the gym, you'll see them with big, big muscles popping out and they say we jihad, this, that. But then this, you're running after a ball and you're willing to sit so many hours for that. That Imani strength is not there. As Abdullah bin Masood, radiallahu anhu, he was small built. And, but Nabi Sassam said his value is like that of the Mount of Uhud. That was his right, right. strength. So that is where we get our strength from. Now, this Ummah in South Africa currently, and I say this is the fitna of the ball. Wherever you see, it's the ball. It's rugby ball. It's a cricket ball. It's a soccer ball. One person from Marlboro many years ago used to used to write articles for the Sentin Chronicle. So he used to put some some titles, sometimes extremely heavy in terms of but you know it's to to get the attention of people so one day he went to this person's house who collects a lot of soccer balls and he had a lot of balls so he put the the title there as the headlines was on the front page of this newspaper a man with balls so <laughs> <laughs> and he's got all the soccer balls at the back so it's this is what it is it's just we speak of jihad but then we can't give up the ball, the fitna of the ball. And then others are praising the president here and saying that, you know, well done, like he was the coach of the the rugby team and who made, who drove the rugby team to victory. When it's time to turn to Allah, you're turning to the president. Same like COVID time. Same thing repeating itself when the ummah needs our spiritual strength to be at its highest so that we can attract the mercy. You're turning to the presidents. Where do we put an end to this ball fit now? Yeah, we can talk. We talk a good game. We can talk the talk, but we can't walk the walk. 
And, and to pray all five namaz with Tavya in the masjid. That is our jihad. But we're failing miserably. Miserably we're failing. But we can sit down in the chai shop and we can talk for hours on what should be done and, and who is right and who is wrong and we have the solutions for everything. And then uh, the azan the is called and we just keep keep on talking. All right? And, and then when it's, it's a little too late, then we go home. Uh, and have a dinner at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, I watch a, a drama until three o'clock in the morning, then go to bed and wake up at nine or ten in the morning. All right, forgetting about the hajj, forgetting about fajr, and all these things. Uh, so, uh, so some of it, um, some of it still makes me a little sad. You know, we were talking about uh, boycotting uh, uh, McDonald's and and. Uh, and Starbucks, uh, there's no need to, to, to boycott it. We shouldn't be eating there in, in, anyway. The food is haram. Hmm. So well, there's no need to boycott something that is haram. All right? Just avoid it like you're supposed to do. That's, that's the thing right there. Uh, making a difference between Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola. Uh, they're both haram. So what are we talking about, preferring one over the other? No, but... uh, it's sad. We still need, you know, to... Uh, we, we still need to follow our leaders, but our leaders are sleeping. Um, if you don't know, ask the people of knowledge. But the people of knowledge are very quiet. Uh, and and they're, they're cheering on the rugby teams and the cricket teams. You know? So yeah, there we are. But like I said, because right now the hot spot is Gaza, and there are some people, it appears that they are really serious in Gaza, inshallah, Allah will raise them a, a leader there mm. and, uh, and, and lead them to a, to a good tree, inshallah. Gee, inshallah. That's, uh, uh, that analysis, it makes me think of here, and I'll just end off with this, that in South Africa, you know, when a person comes out of the, the, the prison, so you ask, okay, now what you going to do? She says, I don't know what to do. Nobody's going to give me a job now. So now he becomes more brutal in his attacks because he doesn't know where to turn. He's got nothing to lose. He's got no house. He's got no family. So all he has to do is just go in. You ask him, okay, why are you still continuing with all the rape that you are doing, with all this crime that you are doing? He says, but I don't have anything to live for. So if they're going to lock me up again, it's just better for me because at least I get food in prison. And wow. here on this end, open air prison, but they say there's no food. No fuel, no, at least in a prison, you still get all of this. You still get treatment, you still get medic. But I'm saying, as a prisoner, he thinks like this. As a believer, we're supposed to be like, leave all of this. And that is what it is better for us. And um, you, uh, this, this talk this imam gave was exceptionally well. He starts off with addressing this here, that our love for the dunya has made us... Uh, turn away from this this avenue of jihad but of course what jihad is there when i can when i'm looking when my dress code is just like netanyahu it's just like uh what's his name joe biden we dress the same mm. when you go for the weddings or whenever so you want to be formal your haircut all like them but uh mufti sahab jazakumullah khairan for your time uh inshallah tomorrow we'll meet again assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh
Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.